Thank you for joining us together to yourself again today. We ask that you teach us your word yourself. Lord, we, we pray that in all our lives, in every life presence in this place, and in every life joining us over the internet, we ask that you do that which eyes have not seen, that which ears have not heard, that which has not even begun to enter into the hearts of man. Men, give us the depth and the understanding of your word today, my Father. Open a book of remembrance for every one of us for good and let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord for his kindness and mercy. And God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Good evening, everybody. Say good evening to your neighbor with a smile. And ask them how was work today. And um, how was the traffic? As, as we come um, for tribe, we, we come with our hearts open to receive the word of the Most High God, praise the name of the Lord, to receive the word of God. Um, and, and while preparing for, for Thrive today, a song kept coming to me um, over and over. So it's a very simple song. I just teach us the song. As you can guess, who sang the song? My grandmother. <laughs> I'm sure you know already. Um, but the song is, is a simple Yoruba song, and it's the, the interpretation is in English. Um, it's, it's a simple song. It says, Your word heals me. Your word delivers me or saves me. Your word, your word, your word heals me. That's... that's um, just the song. So, um, if, if you want to write it, um, it's, maybe, it's easy to write, actually. Um, Oro is your word. O-R-O. Oro-re. O-R-O-R-E. Then L O W O M I S A N. Oh, 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 oh. 
That's the song. That's the song. Aurora, no, me, song. Aurora, no, ba, me, la. Aurora, Can you give it a try? Can you give it a shot? Okay. <clears throat> One, two, go. You don't speak your robot at all. Okay. Lo, ba, mi. Fantastic. Aurora, yebiye. Aurora, lo, wo, mi, son. Okay, if you don't speak Yoruba, you alone, right? You, I'm sure Yoruba people joined us in that one. Okay, let's go. One, two, go. Fantastic. Everybody, one, two, three,
Accepted the song, and his word will heal you. His word will heal us, and his word will deliver us in the mighty name of Jesus. Today, we continue in our series, um, Biblical Bad Babes, and we're in part two of this series. You know, like we explained, that we usually would look at the lives of great men when we want to do character study, we study mostly. But we study men, David, Abraham, Moses, Aaron, and all and on, you know. And um, so we we're kind of, you know, looking at the women, you know. Instead of looking at the bad boys of God, we are looking at um, the bad babes of God and what we can learn from them, from Potiphar's wife to Mrs. Lot and her daughters to the woman by the well to Delilah to Rahab. We learned about Rahab last week to Jezebel. Remember Jezebel? There's a lot to learn from Jezebel. Praise the name of the Lord. And, and we explain that um, to join the conversation, if, if you are commenting on social media, 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 you should use the hashtag um, BBB. Okay. <laughs> I've received the first tweet already. And, um, and all that. So today, we are looking at Mrs. Lot and her daughters. Mrs. Lot and her daughters. Um, we, thank you, we explained last week that with God is not who you were that matters, it is who you are becoming. And if, if you are new to Thrive, you fill in the, the blank you fill in the blank spaces, so, um, so you can start by putting becoming in your outline. It's not who you wear that matters, it's who you are becoming, and it's not where you have been. Many of us have been to very strange places, but with God, it's not where we have been, it's where we are going. It's where we are going. It's where you are going. So you can fill in that space. But today, we are, we are extending that thought. We are taking it further. When we look at Lot and, and our daughters, or rather, um, the, the Mrs. Lot and our daughters. When we look at Mrs. Lot and our daughters, we, we can see that with God, your focus is more important than your current direction. When we look at that story of Mrs. Lot and our daughters, we can see that with God, your focus is more important than your current direction. Where your eyes are looking is more important than where your legs are going. Because eventually, your legs will turn into the direction of where your eyes are looking. So your, where your eyes are looking is more important. That, that's the summary of this whole story of, of um, uh, Mrs. Lot and our daughters. Your focus is more important than your current direction. 
Now, when you read this story, which we are going to read, you, you discover that unlike Rahab, Mrs. Lot's name was never mentioned. Rahab's name was mentioned. She was just referred to as Lot's wife, Mrs. Lot. Also, unlike Rahab, we never heard a word from Mrs. Lot. A single word did not come out of our lips, at least in Scripture. So it's, it's, it's um, safe to say that she was a very quiet woman, you know, and not in your face like Rahab, like we learned last week. Now, to open up the questions, I mean, to open up the teaching, as you know, we have three categories, the opening section, questions, then the study, then the commitment. The question is, where do you fall on the scale of quiet to busy? Where do you fall? Think about yourself. Think about yourself. Where do you fall? If, on, <clears throat> if you have a continuum, if, if, if one end is quiet and the other end is noisy, where do you fall? I know where I fall. <laughs> I can tell because many of you know where I fall already. <laughs> where do you fall between quiet and noisy? If quiet is on one extreme, noisy is on the other extreme, where do you fall? Who wants to tell us? Where do you fall? Now, ushers, how many mics do we have? Four. Where are they standing? Okay, you need to come forward to this side. Yes, thank you. Okay, fine. They are well distributed. Who wants to tell us? Where do you fall? Okay, I can ask anybody. Where do you fall on the scale of noise, quiet to, to noisy? Mrs. Amatosho, you don't know who Mrs. Amatosho is. Give her the mic right here in front. <laughs> the newest Mr. Amatosho, that is. Ah, you are fast. Okay. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Um, I like to think I'm quiet, but I'm not. I'll follow the noise. <laughs> you like to think you're on the quiet side, but you think you really are on the towards the noisy. Okay, fine. Um, it's not that one is bad. You know, we are just different. It's, it's different. It's not, it's not right or wrong. So who else? A, a man now who wants to tell us, where do you fall on that continuum, on that scale? Noisy, quiet. If they were to write your story in the Bible, will we hear your voice? Okay, yes. Oh, that's not a man, but okay, give her anyway. I prefer a noisy place so that I could calm them down. <laughs> but you, 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 where do you fall? Are you noisy? Give her the mic again. Are you noisy? Not noisy. That's why I prefer where there's noise. Then I should calm them down so with my you attitude are qui of quietness. Oh, you are quiet. Okay. A lot of women try to believe they are quiet. <laughs> but we know better, don't we? Guys, we know better. Um, but I need a guy to tell me now. Where do you fall? Quickly, so that we can roll, roll ahead with this teaching. Where do you fall? Scale, noisy, to quiet. Okay, can you give that young man um, the one? Yeah, yeah. Where do you fall? Noisy. Noisy. Thank you. 
Uh, it's not that it's bad. We like noisy people in gospel house. Oh, clap your hands, oh, you people. Let's shout with the voice of fire. We're a noisy church. <laughs> That's where we fall. <laughs> Some churches are more quiet than we are. Now, the next question is men. This is to men. Do you prefer a quiet wife or a not so quiet one? You see, I didn't say noisy. Not so quiet. Guys, which do you prefer? Um, let's. Okay. There's a hand right there in front. Very, very quiet. Can you, we can't hear you, sir. It's on, it's on. Don't worry, just talk. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Very, very quiet wife. You prefer a very, very <laughs> quiet wife. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> okay, there's another man. Yeah, tell us. Which do you prefer? A noise, a, well, not, not so quiet and quiet. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Yeah, I would like, I would like so it's not quiet, but it's not being decent. So I would like somebody that is not quiet. Not quiet yeah. and not noisy. Yes, sir. Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, okay. You are married, you are married. Okay. Um, some guy that is not married. Tell us. Okay. We fear not so quiet. Because quiet people pretend a lot. <laughs> You prefer not to be quiet because quiet people pretend a lot as we are about to see. Do you, maybe not pretend, but I mean, sometimes they can be pesky. Do you know any quiet but pesky wife? How does such a person come across to you? Does anybody know anybody? Let's just show Vance so we can move on. Do you know anybody that is quiet and pesky? Okay, what does pesky mean? Troublesome. Like uh, Atawewe, you know, like, uh, you know, very quiet on the outside. In fact, when they come to church, if you see husband and wife come to church, you just say, oh, God bless this man. He has such a quiet wife. You know, she cannot, you know, kill a butterfly. But she's a tiger. Okay, we all know such people. Let's go on. Our text is Genesis 19, 1 to 38. I'm going to read from the screen. I, I encourage you to follow along with me as I read. It says, That evening the two angels came to the entrance of the city of Sodom. Lot was sitting there, and when he saw them, he stood up to meet them. Then he welcomed them and bowed his face to the ground. My Lord, he said, come to my home to wash your feet and be my guest. For, to, for the night. You may then get up early in the morning and be on your way again. Oh no, they replied. We'll just spend the night out here in the city square. But Lot insisted. So at last, they went home with him. Lot prepared a feast for them, complete with fresh bread made without yeast. And they ate. But before they retired for the night... All the men of Sodom, young and old, came from all over the city and surrounded the house, the house. They shouted to Lot, 
Where are the men who came to spend the night with you? Bring them out to us so we can have sex with them. So Lot stepped aside to talk to them, shutting the door behind him. Please, my brothers, he begged. Don't do such a wicked thing. Look, I have two virgin daughters. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do with them as you wish. But please, leave these men alone, for they are my guests and are under my protection. Stand back, they shouted. This fellow came to town as an outsider and now is acting like our judge. We will treat you far worse than those other men. And they lunged towards Lot to break down the door, but the angels reached out, pulled Lot into the house, and bolted the door. Then they blinded all the men, young and old, Everyone that has come to seek your ill, God will blind their eyes. That's a good place to say amen. If you like, don't say amen. It's okay. Who are the door? Who were at the door of the house? So they gave up trying to get inside. Meanwhile, the angel questioned Lot. Do you have any other relatives here in the city? They asked. Get them out of this place. Your sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone else, for we are about to destroy this city completely. The outcry against this place is so great, it has reached the Lord, and he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot rushed out to tell his daughter's fiancés, quick, get out of the city. The Lord is about to destroy it, but the young men thought he was only joking. At dawn the next morning, the angels came, became insistent. Hurry, they said to Lot, take your wife and your two daughters who are here. Get out right now or you will be swept away with the destruction of the city. When Lot still hesitated, the angel seized his hand and the hands of his wife and two daughters, and rushed them to safety outside the city, for the Lord was merciful. When they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, run for your lives, and don't look back, or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains, or you will be swept away. Verse 18. Oh no, my Lord, Lot begged. You have been so gracious to me and saved my life and you have shown such kindness. But I cannot go to the mountains. Disaster will catch up to me there and I will soon die. See, there's a small village nearby. Please let me go there instead. Don't you see how small it is? Then my life will be saved. All right, the angel said. I will grant your request. I will not destroy the little village. But hurry, escape to it, for I cannot do 
I can do nothing until you arrive there. This explains why that village is known as Zohar, which means little place. Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon. Then the Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them along with the other cities and villages of the plain, wiping out all the people and every bit of vegetation. But the Lord, but Lot's wife, it was a Lot's wife, but Mrs. Lot looked back as she was following behind him and she turned into a pillar of salt. Abraham got up early in the morning and hurried out to the place where he had stood in the Lord's presence. He looked out across the plain towards Sodom and Gomorrah and watched as the columns of smoke rose from the cities like smoke from a furnace. But God had listened to Abraham's request and kept Lot safe, removing him from the disaster that engulfed the city of the plain. Afterward, Lot left Zohar because he was afraid of the people there and he went to live in a cave where? In the mountains. I'm tempted to say foolish man. But I won't say it. With his two daughters. One day the older daughter said to her sister, there are no men left anywhere in this entire area. That's a lie. So we can't get married like everyone else. And our father will soon be too old to have children. Come, let's get him drunk with wine. And then we will have sex with him. That way we will preserve our family line through our father. So that night... They got him drunk with wine. And the older daughter went in and had intercourse with her father. He was unaware of her lying down and getting up. You know, if you don't drink, you can't get drunk. <clears throat> Just saying. The next morning, the older daughter said to her younger sister, I had sex with her father last night. Let's get him drunk with wine again tonight and you go in and have sex with him. That way we preserve our family line through our father. So that night, can you see that they're bad babes? They got him drunk with wine again. And the younger daughter went in and had a tacos with him. As before, he was unaware of our lying down and our getting up. That's still a mystery to me, though. As a result, both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their own father. When the older daughter gave birth to a son, she named him Moab. Come on.
He became the ancestors of the nation now known as the Moabites. When the younger daughter gave birth to a son, she named him Ben-Ami. He became the ancestor of the nation now known as the Ammonites. The Lord bless the reading and the understanding of his words in Jesus' name. There, there are a lot of teaching points in the scripture. I was tempted to break it into two, but we'll finish everything today well as much as we are able to. Next week, we look at another bad daughter of God in the Bible. Now, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, Gomorrah was divine judgment. It was not a natural disaster. You know, scientists, um, archaeologists, they've proven that there was actually a city called Sodom and Gomorrah. There was, there's enough archaeological proof to show that that city was wiped out by um, sulfur and fire. But they said it's not judgment. It's just natural disaster. God can fight with anything. He can fight with stones. He can fight with fire. He can fight with wind. He can fight with water. He can fight with earth. He can, he can fight with anything. God judged that nation because of the cry of the land to God. God always judges sin. The wages of sin is always death. But the gift of God is what? Through Christ Jesus. Through Christ Jesus. Thank God for that. Now, while reading this passage of scripture, I've got to ask myself, could Lot's compromise and laziness have preserved homosexuality on earth today? It's a question I, 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 I ask myself. Why? Because the nation of Sodom and Gomorrah had influenced all the villages around them with homosexuality. And God said, let me destroy these people. And Lot begged. It's, can't you see it's a small village? Let me just go in. Maybe God felt, okay, maybe we start evangelism and convert them. It's possible. But for some reason, God left that small village and wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah and every other city and village apart from that small village. So I say that, Lot, if you're in heaven, I'm going to ask you this question. <laughs> Lot has always chosen the easy way out. Always, always chosen the easy way out in his life. When Abraham said to him, your people are becoming great, choose one direction. You said that you go through the mountains or the Bible says Lot looked at the valley, the plain of Sodom and saw it was beautiful and chose Sodom. God said to Lot, go to where? The mountains. Lord said, oh, I will die there. What, when God says you should go somewhere, you're telling God you will die there, what are you saying? 
you are not capable of protecting me, of providing for me. And so you are, it's an indictment on God. I'm going to say, okay, okay, I don't have time for all this. Just, this is where you want to go? Fine. Fine, go. And the same mountain he ran away from. Eventually, when he entered that village, and he saw that they are like Sodom and Gomorrah, he ran away. <laughs> he was afraid. He ran away for his life. He now went to the same settlement. Another thing I want to share before we get into the um, study questions is that the daughters of Lot, Mrs. Lot's daughter, they were physically virgins but they were mentally impure. They were physically pure, but they were mentally warped. Many times, we focus just on the outside when God wants us to be pure from within. Rahab was a prostitute. She was physically impure and mentally impure, but she became physically pure because of her mental choices. The daughters of Lot became physically impure because of their mental choices. Am I making sense? Good. So, purity of the soul should lead to physical purity. And physical purity does not guarantee purity of the soul. Question number one. Lot's sons-in-law thought he was joking. Why would they, why wouldn't they have taken him seriously? Who wants, to, who wants to help us? And have you had friends or family who laughed at you when you, when you told them about Jesus or you warned them about the life they are living, you know? You know, I can, while we are thinking, I can share my story. Anybody? Okay, fine. There's a hand. Where? Okay. Yeah. Tell us. I, I just want to say what usually crosses my mind each time I read um, that particular part of the scripture. And um, I always think Lot has probably never been a very serious um, person, you know, and so... You know, the story of the person who cried wolf the first time. Right. And then... Um, his um, sons-in-law never saw him as, um, a, serious as a serious person, person which probably. is uh, exactly, probably, you know. It's, it's possible because if you look at Abraham's negotiation with God, you could see that Abraham left allowance for Lot's sphere of influence. And Abraham calculated that going by Lot's sphere of influence, there should be 10 people in this place. And Lot is that Christian that, that is always hiding, never shares his faith, he never evangelizes. Nobody knows where you stand. Your friend don't know where you stand. So by the time you open your mouth, they laugh at you. I mean, it could be that. But there are also other people that they know you are serious, that, but they still laugh at you. <laughs> Anybody else want to share? Okay, yeah. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. There was this um, guy when my house got burned, so I was staying with them. The 
father-in-law. So the guy doesn't go to church for years. So we used this are uh, uh, a week vigil that I used to have mini vigil. So I used to go. So he used to tell me that he was on the church Ojojumo. That where are you going every night? <laughs> I said I'm going for vigil. Every day I'm going to vigil. All these people that are going to vigil, they are carrying God as if. And I said, if you are going to church, you are doing yourself a favor. You are not doing God any favor. Absolutely. You are going to church. Maybe even if you don't, you are not going. If you just go on Sunday, there's this protection that keeps you this with the prayer and everything. He said, I should go and sit down. So any time I tell him, he just shut me down. So one day I had a dream and that he had an accident, serious one. So I told the brother's wife that, ah, see you. So I told him that morning, I was going to church that Monday evening. So she called me, Auntie Greatness, come, or that the dream you told me is, is, has happened. It was the guy that had, and he couldn't walk, his leg. So later, I now realized that what I was telling him. It's true. was real. You should come for a video. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> okay, I mean, that's, that's, that's so true. Okay, I, I said I'll share my, my spirit, because sometimes it's not... It's not necessarily because you are not a serious person. Um, it's just, it could be because you're not a serious person. It's not necessarily because you're not a serious person. Um, okay. Good evening, sir. Um, Good evening. I'd like to share one of my very recent experiences. I went to uh, Benin about two weeks ago now for a wedding, and it was like a reunion of, of old schoolmates. I mean, a lot of people that I used to compromise with. And... Um, I was like Lot, I mean, the situation of Lot, because they branded me before I left being in pastor. And um, because a lot of things were going on that I used to do, and I no longer used to do it. So, but the pastor came with uh, what I would call Yimu, like okay. pastor. Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> pastor, you know. So it was more like, I, for me, I felt, for relating to Lot, it was more like maybe Lot used to compromise. Right. And when it was time to get serious, right. they felt that, look at this one, what's he talking about? Exactly. You that yesterday was hanging out, hanging out with us at the exactly. um, village square and yeah. probably even yeah. molesting another man. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Possibly. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's go on quickly. I skip my own story. Number two, verse 16. Even with divine direction, Lot and his family dragged their feet. Why do you think they were stalling? You know, the Bible says that they hesitated, even with divine direction. Lot and his family, they still dragged their feet. Why do you think they were stalling? What's to help us? Why do you think they were stalling? In fact, the angels have to pull them and drag them out of, yes, please. Um, Sodom, then take the mic there. Yes, please. Okay. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening. From all indication, I don't think they really knew how they are God. Mm. I don't. I, I can't say that for Lot. I can't say that for um, the family. They, if they really indeed know who God is and how powerful God and that when he says, he does and all that, I wouldn't think all this tolling thing and all this negotiating and all this would um, actually would be necessary. Be necessary. Absolutely. Yeah, I think just to stop short, call him. I think Lot is just a foolish man. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, before you talk, yeah. So you know when people ask, when people don't do the things they need to do for God, 
largely you can check their knowledge of God, right? the experience of God. It may be questionable or lacking. Yes, please. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think um, they are looking at the things that they left behind. Huh. Those are worldly things that they had there. I think they are looking at it as if, ah, how will I leave these things behind? You know, and um, we read for that that... Um, there was no car, there was uh, no truck. There was no car, to carry nothing, all, the, all those things that they were been enjoying when they were there at okay. Sodom. And, uh, okay, thank you, Ma. And anybody else? And, um, yes, please. Good evening, church. I think I'm going to wrap up... Um, Pastor Ifoma and um, Mrs. Amadon, I think um, if you look at the story way before this chapter, there was no reference of Lot's personal relationship with God. It seemed like his knowledge of God was based on his relationship with Abraham. Abraham. I'm not sure he had a personal revelation of who God is or was at that time. Okay. That's is one. And then two, the allure of sin might have been why they hesitated. Um, when one doesn't know God, sin is sweet. And when, we are, when people are in sin, when they are committing sin, especially this kind of sins that are here, they really don't understand the impact. Right. So the warnings of the angels were, they didn't see the gravity of the warnings. Right. Awesome. Thank you. And um, it could also be the relationships they formed. You know, am I going to leave my friends behind? Am I going to leave, you know, and all that stuff. Those are your sentimental things. Now, verse 26. Let somebody um, please read verse 26 of um, Genesis 19 that we read. And the question is, why did Mrs. Lot look back. The angels have pulled them. They've dragged them out. They've given them clear instructions. Don't look back. Keep moving. Why did Mrs. Lot look back? Yes, can you please read it and tell us? 26 says, But Lot's wife looked back as she was following behind him, and she turned into a pillar of salt. Thank you. So the question is, why did Mrs. Lot look back? There were um, one, two, four people, right, that left Sodom. Three people did not look back. Why did Mrs. Lot look back? Yes. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Well, for me, I'll actually see... She wanted to look at the miracle happen at the back. <laughs> That's why she looked back. <laughs> but fantastic. Do you, know, do you know that it's possible? Out of curiosity. Out of curiosity. You know? She was hearing boom, boom, boom. She was like, action. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> Became salt. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us why. She looked back. So I won't dismiss that answer. It's possible that she was just curious. She was curious. Okay. Any other reason why she why could she have looked back? Yes, sir. 
he was like, is it true? He was like, is it true? Is it true? That, that is the end of, and that is, that is the end of where they are coming from. Okay, okay, fine. Fantastic. So, is this true? That is, doubt, doubting God, and, you know, maybe God won't really do it. By the time he, she's hearing the effect, she, she now turned back and became a pillar of salt. Who else? Why did she look back? What other reason? Why could she, yeah. Okay. If we look at the example Jesus gave when he yeah. was talking about um, um, people backsliding, he said, remember right. Lot's wife. Right. So I think that will give us an indication of why she looked back. She yeah. She was actually looking back. So why did she look back? Looking at it, at the they were leaving behind. So she was backsliding. She was backsliding. That was why she looked back. Okay, but I, I get you, you know. While <clears throat> while that is true and very strong, you know. What, what I think you are trying to say is that she had um, backsliding in her heart. So her focus changed. Even though she was, her legs was going in one direction, her heart began to look back at the world. Bo, back in the days when boys were boys. Ah. You know, sometimes we talk about these things as though they are, they are laurels. You know, things we should be ashamed of. You know, ha. Ah. You say, those days. You know, which days? There are better days in Christ ahead of you, in the name of Jesus. Okay. Um, let's take this then. Take the mic there. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, I, I want to believe she was looking back because uh, she wanted to see what she could talk about tomorrow. She didn't just want it to all pass away and she has no story of it tomorrow or in the future. Okay, so you're saying she looked back because she was attached to... The things she had there? No, she was looking back because she wanted to actually see the action take place and she could talk about it more. The eyewitness. So eye she witness. can exactly. eyewitness report. Okay. I think the gentleman who, good evening church, the gentleman right. who spoke about um, Jesus Christ said, remember Lord. I think the question is indecisiveness. Right. And if you link it with the scripture in James, a double-minded man cannot receive anything from God. Right. So I think at the point she was going, she was double-minded. And right. the minute she looked back, I, I think that just sealed her faith. Boom. That's it. So another reason why she... Yes. I mean, we are adding all these reasons together. All these reasons, in my opinion, are valid because any of them, anything that can make you disobey God, Anything that can make you look back, whether it is for fun, for curiosity, so that you can have first and gist, so that whatever. Or double-mindedness, it's, it's, it's huge, yeah. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening, sir. Um, to my own understanding, I think uh, um, she feels secure with the vision, just like uh, when God gave him uh, King Saul, a message, go to the city of Amalek and destroy everything. He feels secure that he's the king. So he decided to do what he likes. And in the case of um, 
Mrs. Lord, yeah. she feels she's secured right. with the vision. All right. So, okay. Cool. Do you understand what she's saying? She, she feels secure already. She feels safe already. She feels, you know. Okay, fantastic. Yes, sir. Good evening, sir. Good evening. I personally think that um, Lot's wife became very materialistic. She wanted to, um, she had become like the first lady. There's a certain way she has to appear. And now that they're leaving Sodom, where are they going to? So how is she get, going to? So she turned back because she was materialistic. Yeah. Oh, is that my gold burning? Is that my shirt burning? Is that my trouser burning? You know? So, so I think yeah, you know? And, and, um, and I'm sure the reasons can go on and on and on. And the, the bottom line is that she really didn't fear God. That's the bottom line. She really didn't fear God. She really didn't, she didn't honor God, God's instruction. God says, don't look back. He doesn't need to explain to you. You know, God said to Moses, you want to see me, nobody can see me and leave. I'm going to hide you in the cleft and I'm going to pass by. Then, I will, then you should look when I pass by, you see my back, you know, and all that. If Moses has checked, gone. God probably told them not to look back because the actions that are going on there is not for human consumption. If you, there are certain things that if you see, there are certain things in the spirit realm that if you see, you can't even say. Because, you, number one, you don't even have enough words. Number two, you don't even have the right to say them. Number three, if you say them, people will think you are crazy. Paul says he, he experienced some things in <laughs> third heavens that mouth cannot even say. It's illegal. And there are some things that once you see them, there are some experiences in God that once you see it, you can't come back. They will hold you back there. I know what I'm saying. You can't come back. Praise the name of the Lord. Why? Because there are some things that mere mortals should not see. All right, question number four. Do you think she intentionally chose death over life? Why or why not? Do you think she intentionally chose death over life? They told her, if you look back, you are going to be destroyed. Why do you think she intentionally decided to be destroyed? Just one response. Yes, Uti. I will move on. Okay, sorry. Um, no, let's just take one response. The next question. Um, Good evening, church. You will answer the next question. I don't Good think evening. she intentionally chose death because if she did, she wouldn't have left in the first place. Right. They were told that the city was going to be destroyed. Right. And even though they hesitated, they agreed to go. So she was already on her way out when she looked back. So right. I, I don't think she wanted to die. Okay. So she did not intentionally. No, she look must back. have either wanted a quick look or she just didn't think God was 
Because that, like they said, she felt secure. She thought, okay, those ones are going to be destroyed, not me. I can just have a peep and that's all. I don't think she wanted to die. True. Okay. <clears throat> Mrs. Lot struggled to walk away from Sodom and Gomorrah. What is the hardest thing for you to walk away from? Think. Don't answer, don't say to your neighbor, just think. What's the hardest thing? If God says, walk away from this thing, what is that thing that's the hardest for you to walk away from? Have you thought of it? Who wants to share? <laughs> that's the next question. <laughs> the pastor does it. Okay, yeah? Oh, you want to share? Okay, go ahead. His presence. His presence. Uh, God knows that he's working in his presence. <laughs> Christians are very spiritual people. <laughs> in your presence. I am content. Yeah, right. Apart from his presence. <laughs> are you working? Are you working? Yes, sir. Your job, Uncle. What about that one? <laughs> okay, I, I don't mean you should answer it. Who else wants to? Um, okay, yes, Mr. Matasha. Good evening again. Good evening. The hardest thing right now is my bed. Is your bed? Yes. Okay. I love to sleep. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, anybody else that's bold enough? Okay, yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Maybe the hardest thing um, for me would be my business. Be your business. Yes, as, as far as I can remember, I've always wanted to do business. Right. So if I was told to walk away from that, it would be very hard. It would be very hard. Hmm. Okay. Question number six. Oh, you have something to say? No. Question. <laughs> you, know, you know why I'm laughing? I'm laughing because I'm thinking of the things that God has asked me to walk away from. You know? Very interesting. Very, very interesting. But none, looking back, have I regretted. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> but they've been tough, very tough, but none, no regrets. Question number six, has the Lord ever given you an instruction like he gave Mrs. Lot? Don't look. Don't stop. How did it turn out? Anybody? Yes. Oh, I said you answered the next question. So you answered the next question. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I was just telling my neighbor about that experience before I even saw the question. Right. About 10 years ago, in Akure, we went for a vigil. And it was called them um, Yoruba or some called Ruko, you know. Very right. powerful vigils. And my friend had invited me. And towards the end, the minister said, everybody should close their eyes. And he emphasized that we should all close our eyes. Right. Then I was very, <laughs> very curious. <laughs> <laughs> and this praise and worship was hot. And I was wondering why everybody was just, so I peeped. And oh. when I opened my eyes, I just saw fire burning on the altar. Huh. And the fire was huge. And like you said, there are some things you see, you don't go back. So I was just looking. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of fire is this? Where is this fire from? 
you know, and by the time service ended, I was looking like a mad woman because I was wow. running around the altar looking for fire. Wow. You know, they had to hold me and say, what did you see? They say, close your eyes. Why did you open your eyes? <laughs> you know, and it, 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 it must have stayed with me for a long time. So anytime I hear a man of God say, close your eyes, I just comply. I don't <laughs> want to see <laughs> You know, they say, close your Why are they telling us to close our eyes? That thing they want to do, I will see it. Be careful. <laughs> okay, thank you for sharing that. Um, anybody else? What has, has the Lord ever given you an instruction? Don't look. Men, you're driving. A lady that is wearing mini skirts is walking by the pavement, shaking everything. And the Holy Ghost says, Don't look. What do you do? You obey. You comply. If you look, you'll be like Lord's wife. <laughs> don't look, don't look. I mean, this complying to the Holy Ghost and to instructions, as simple as that. Many times you look at the story of Lord's wife and you say, oh, this woman must be a wicked woman. She must be so mean. She must be... No. For us, it's a daily thing. God says, don't do this. Don't do it. God says, do it, do it. Okay. Next question. Let somebody please read Hebrews 12, 10 and 11. Hebrews 12, 10 and 11. Okay. Thank you. Great. They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have just, who have been trained by it. Okay, thank you very much. So, please, still hold the mic. Explain why God disciplines us with do's and don'ts. Well, there's a saying that says, um, a parent disciplines a child that... He loves. He loves. Okay. So definitely God's plan for us are of good and not of evil. So whatever discipline he's given us is definitely for our own good. And it's because he loves us. Okay. Thank you. So why God disciplines us with do's and don'ts is because, like that scripture says, he wants us to be a partaker of his divine nature. He wants us to be like him. You know, there are some Christians that say, oh, there's no do's and don'ts with God. Just throw away the do's and don'ts. And I laugh. And I'm like, it depends on which do's and don'ts you're talking about. <laughs> you know? Every parent will always create boundaries for his children. If God is your father and you have a relationship with him, he will create boundaries for you. It's only bastards that cannot be restrained. That's what the word of God says. Now, is it is discipline meant to be an enjoyable process? I need a chorus answer. No, discipline is not meant to be an enjoyable process. So, discipline can be tough, can be hard, can be, you know, but at the end of the day, we become like God. Question number nine, which command is harder for you to obey? A do or a don't? Okay, don't. Why? Give her the mic. <laughs> Good evening, church. Good evening. Uh, I think uh, because 
I'll be what I'm going to enjoy out of self. I wouldn't want to do it because I'll, I'll feel like, okay, I'm going to miss out on something. Right. But eventually I'll struggle and I'll, I'll do it. Okay. So, so when you say don't from God, the reason you don't are the ones that are tougher for you to obey is because you think when God says don't, he's trying to keep something away from you. But it's, it, again, it's because we, we, we are growing in our knowledge of God. We really don't know God. Because when God says no, if you understand that God will not keep anything good away from those that he loves. And God loves you. So when God says don't, he's not trying to keep something away from you that is good. He's trying to keep something away from you that can harm you. That's how God is. So who str- does anybody struggle more with the do's of God than the don't? Nobody. So everybody mostly struggles with it. Okay, do's. Okay, yeah. Thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think I struggle with both. Or for the do, I remember I got, uh, there was a day I was coming to church. That day I got a 10,000 error alert. You know. So I was thinking about the money and the next thing I heard was that I should drop the whole money. <laughs> Like, Do uh, drop the whole money. Yes, you know. <laughs> so I already planned to, you know, pay the tight and <clears throat> so that week and that was actually all I had. So like pay all. So I like pay all. So I thought about it from the road to the all church. All the way to so church. I got here. Say God confirm it if it's you or the devil. I was just <laughs> <laughs> well, eventually That I is where we need confirmation. <laughs> And I don't know why I took my ATM to church that day. So uh, I, I had to use the pay. Okay, so Praise what God. did you do eventually? I, I paid. That, you, and that week, it was superb. It was, it was awesome. Yes, as in, Amen. I was not stranded at all. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so hey, the do's, that's a do that someone struggles with, you know. And when God says you should do something, it's for your own good. You know, many times... You know, because again, we really, we are growing the knowledge of God. When God says to us to do something, we think, oh, it's going to take so much from us. It's going to take... But at the end of the day, he, he, he's, 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 he's trying to get something to you. Not, like she has said, not get something from, from you. Verse 26, <clears throat> we read it um, uh, earlier on. She looked back as she was following behind him, behind Lot. Is there a lesson in there? Yes. Just reminds me of the scripture that says that um, he will put his hands to the ploy and looks back. He's not fit for the kingdom of He's God. He's not fit for the kingdom of God. Okay. Is there a lesson in there? Yes. Thank you. Uh, um, I remember um, teaching you, you did on um, walking um, blameless before God, Genesis 17. Right. Uh, and um, you also used some other illustration about walking beside God and walking behind God. In this case, is there a lesson to learn from following behind him? Yes. Uh, uh, our eyes ought to have been on the authority figure, being... Um, lot. Lot at the time and following him. So 
the moment she took her eyes away from Abraham, she stopped following him. So Abraham um, Lot. had him from Lot. Yeah. Just the same way Jesus, uh, God said to Abraham, walk before me, blameless. She said, um, Enoch walked beside God. And when God says, walk um, ahead, ahead of, of me, he's, he's telling you to use your ears. So she missed out on that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you understand what he said? Okay, good. Yes. And another, take a mic there. Praise God. Hallelujah. I would have thought that if she was in front of Lot, uh-huh. and as she was about turning, Lot would have just slapped, <laughs> slapped her face. Up. Why? Or something. Possible. <laughs> Possible. And at best, maybe she should be beside Lot. I think, okay, maybe let, do let me say it. Let's hear what everybody has to say. Yeah. Praise well, the Lord. Thank you for that. Yeah. Hallelujah. I, 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 I'm struggling with some things there, especially with um, Lot right. and how he, he has been dealing with his family. Right. Homosexuals came, said they want to sleep with men. <laughs> he said, I have two virgin daughters. Take them I will, and I'll, do... I'll, don't, don't let us start that one now. We will finish. <laughs> <laughs> it's past it already. But I, 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 I need to comment on that at the end. But, but I, okay, let's stay but on point. You, yes. Yeah, but, but I'm going from there. Yeah, yeah. I'm struggling with him. Yeah. But then again, I'm trying to understand why he will take that kind of position. Maybe his wife and daughters had probably, he had been cautioning them, talking to them at home. And they probably are just rebellious, not listening to him. Mm. And he had more or less given up on them. Mm. So it was like, okay, you guys want, you're looking for free uh, women, take, do whatever <laughs> you want to do. Now, th- that was wh- why I would say he would have uh, um, offered. offered that kind okay. of thing. Now, when they were walking out also, right. probably he was pushing them, let's move fast. These people said they would destroy, and they were not dis- uh, moving the as wife, fast. The wife, in this case. The wife. Yeah. So it was like, okay, just follow. If you yeah. like, don't follow. I'm moving I'm on. I'm going. And so we went that whatever happened, happened. He, he just moved on. Mm. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's possible. It's possible. So for, for us men, don't leave your wife behind. She can be seeing some serious things. That she ought not to be seen. I'm telling you, make sure she's close by <laughs> and all that. And for us women, um, don't lag behind too much. I think, okay, let's take that so that we can move on. We still have a lot to cover. <clears throat> Good evening. I just Good want evening. to explain um, Pastor Kune's um, points about. Lot offering of his No, 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 we are not dealing with that now. No, I just want to touch on it, please, just a little. I read a book a while ago, and they they explained in the book that back then, the traditions of those people was that if you have a visitor in your house, it is like your integrity is at stake. You are responsible for the welfare of that visitor. And um, also, it showed not lots negotiating with those people shows his stand on how he has been living in that environment, compromising right. all along. So instead of standing up to what they were doing, which was wrong, right. he was negotiating 
based on also their tradition, the, his integrity about the welfare of those people in his house. The right. Angels. Okay. Thank you. Um, next question. Question number... Is it 10? 11. Oh. It says 11 in my notes. Okay, 10. <clears throat> Read Luke 9... 62. Let somebody please read quickly. Luke 9, 62. Oh, it's on the screen. Okay. Excellent. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts his hand on the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom. Just like what um, uh, Pastor Lamde was saying. So, <clears throat> the question is, why is looking back such a big deal with God? Why is it such a big deal with God? The, 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 Lot's wife did not turn back. She did not say, I'm not going again. I'm going back to Sodom. She just looked. Chill, you know, a little, you know. And she became a pillar of salt. Jesus is saying, I mean, if you could look at Lot's wife's story, you could say, oh, that is in the um, Old Testament, even though <clears throat> before the law, but Old Testament. But you could say... But Jesus was saying, if you lay your hands on the plow and you look back, it, Jesus was not saying, when you lay your hands on the plow, you take your hands off the plow. In other words, your hands are still on the plow, but your eyes have gone, looked back. Jesus says, not fit for the kingdom. Isn't that rather harsh? Coming from a God of grace. Who wants to help us? Why is it, why is it a big deal to God? Yes. So someone in the cubicle, um, CMM cubicle. I think it's because with God, it's all about the heart. And when you look back, it's a reflection of where your heart is. Mm. Like you said before, your, your eyes are in another direction, but your leg is in another direction. Right. So looking back is actually a reflection of the heart. Right. And God is more interested in the state of the heart. Right. Awesome. Okay. Thank you very much. That's awesome. There's a, there's a hand there. I want to take someone that has not spoken yet. That, then give... Um, that be so... Okay. <laughs> Give it to my yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I personally, personally think like when Jesus was having to die for us, he didn't blink about it. He didn't think twice about it. He just went ahead and did it. So if we are going to serve that God that just died, that died for us without having to think about it, then why would you want to look back? Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Um, Good evening, sir. Good evening. Um, I, I um, believe that looking back um, depicts a longing for the old things. Right. And um, a Yoruba saying comes to mind, I'll translate in English. It says, um, what you don't want to eat, you do not smell. Uh. So basically, the moment you look back, there's a tendency that it's just a matter of time. You're going to go back. Absolutely. So looking back precedes going back. If you look back, you will go back. So once people begin to look back, you can take it to the bank. They are not fit for the kingdom. They are not fit for the work. Looking back also is an affront on God's word. God says, go. Looking back is, is questioning him. Are you trying to make him a liar? Okay, so 
The choir will answer the next question since they've been disturbing me. Mrs. Lot was offered salvation, but she turned away from it. How does that compare with Rahab that we learned last week? Tell us. Let's give her the mic. Mrs. Lot was offered salvation. How does that compare with, Le- with Rahab? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I feel that with Rahab, she, yes, maybe she must have been a bad girl. She right. must have been filthy and all of that. But she understood, she, she knew God. She knew all about God. She, about God, yes. And it was easy for her to make a decision. I think she was fast on her feet. She, was, she, she thought fast. Right. It was easy for her to make a decision to follow God. Right. As against Mrs. Lot. Okay. I see her as being quiet and being... Um, not very sharp. Not, not so sharp. <laughs> not so sharp. So she didn't feel like she, it was necessary. She didn't feel like it was... Something she wanted to do at the time. She, she wasn't ready it. to make up her mind. Okay. Okay, fantastic. Thank you. She, she didn't value it. So, on one hand, Mrs. Lot was offered salvation. On the other hand, Rahab negotiated her salvation. She, she, she engaged the people. She, she, she said, promise me this. Promise me that. You are going to save us. Da, 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 da. So, it, te- it begs to, um, to, to seem that when we engage and work for something, we... We value it more, so to speak, than when it drops on our feet. Now, how does that apply to salvation? Let me explain. With salvation, we can never work for it. So there's no fasting you can do. There's no prayer you can do. There's no that can end you salvation. However, when we appreciate what Jesus has done for us on the cross of Calvary, the more we appreciate it, the more we are able to be sustained in our salvation. When it means nothing to us, like Mrs. Lot, backsliding becomes very easy. But when what was paid on the cross is huge to us, like Rahab, we hold on daily to the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. Okay, next question. Ne- 11, right? 12. This is just confusing me. 12. What can we learn from the thinking of the daughters, even though they were virgins? What about their thinking? What can we learn from their thinking? Yes. Ah, you shall want to answer every question. Oh, yeah. Tell us. Like we said, out of the abundance of the house. Absolutely. As a man thinketh in his house, so easy. So and like we said also that if a man lost after a woman, he has not touched her, just lost in his heart. He has already right. committed this. So right. even they are, if they are, they are virgins. Even though they were virgins, they, they are committing something inside. inside. <laughs> so that thing now played out on the outside eventually. So. Basically, the, even though they were physically virgins, they've allowed the culture to get inside them. So they were corrupted on the inside. Even though, even though for some reason, Lot was still able to 
wade away all the crazy men, you know, and women and all that. They had allowed the culture, and that is a major risk for us. Well, risk, yes, yeah, a risk, but a major thing we need to watch out for. It's, you see, the fact we come to church, by God's grace we are saved, we, we have God's, Jesus' virgins, right? He's coming back for a bride, and all that, and all that. And we should be careful not to allow the culture of this world to contaminate us. Which is why we need to keep hearing the word, coming for, for Bible study, reading the Bible, listening to the word, and washing ourselves so that we are really in line. Question number 13, right? I got that. The daughters were logical, quote and unquote. How is this logic skewed? How is it skewed? How is it out of, out of lopsided? How is it twisted? How has skewed logic led many to being defiled? So, their logic, okay. Get the mic to, to her. Their logic is, ah, there's nobody here. If our father dies and nobody will continue this name. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'll give a quick example. I know a couple of women who um, didn't get married until very late. And then um, one of them, when she was going to be, I think she was like over 40. And right. she was still single. Right. And there was a lot of pressure from the family that, you know, you're never going to have children. Huh. What are you waiting Biological for? Biological clock. And she was a born-again Christian. She was a believer. Right. And at some point, she was really uh, pressurized. And she actually got pregnant oh. because she wanted to have a baby. Right. And she went ahead and ha had a baby right. outside wedlock. Mm. And she, well, I don't know. She's still on a journey with God. I think she has come back to God. But it's just that cultural thing about being uh, not going to, you know. Skewed uh, logic. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Praise God. Why is everywhere silence all of a sudden? <laughs> okay. Yes. Praise God. Um, just to buttress what she said, like uh, I was like uh, skewed logic. Like you are, you are, you are a Christian. You are trusting God for His spouse, right. and you don't want to do what the world is expecting you to do. Right. And if friend comes and say, okay, in a couple of years, you're going to be 40, uh. and just get pregnant and have a baby. Uh. And like, that's what she's going to do. And she say, oh, you and this, you're God and God and God. Right. And, um, <laughs> or go to a, a, a spam bank to get a, a don or something to, right. you know, what? <laughs> all sorts. <laughs> all sorts of things, yeah. yeah. Okay, I won't commit fornication. I'll just collect the spam and just, yeah. I mean... So the, do the, IVF and all that. Or you, you adopt if you really want to. Right. Now, now you. you see, it's, it's again, there you go. The, the culture of the, of the world trying to form us into its mold. Like the Jews said um, concerning God. They said, I think it was David that was saying in the Psalms, that can the Most High make provision in the wilderness? You know, they, they were like, can God, can God make water to come out of the rock? You know, can God serve a table in the wilderness when there's, no, there's nothing? 
And, and the Bible says that they tested the Holy One of Israel. And God was like, I can give you meat in the wilderness. And he gave them meat. And the Bible says he sent leanness to their soul. That will not be our portion in Jesus' name. So when we are going through a phase that's like a wilderness, you know, we should trust God that God is able to do what he says he will do. And we will testify in the name of Jesus. I believe that strongly. Very, very strongly. Okay, 14. We're almost there. What is the most important lesson you've learned from the salty story of Mrs. Lot and that of our daughters? What is the most important story, anybody in the choir, that you've learned? Anyone here? Okay. Praise God. Um, like I've learned two things. The instruction of God, you know, that was the salvation that they needed to be out of um, Sodom and Gomorrah. But right. they didn't understand. They, I mean, they didn't understand God, you know, and that would have saved um, Mrs. Potiphar. She didn't understand why. She, who are these people? Mrs. Lot. Sorry, Mrs. Lot. Right. Who are these people that just came and they are giving me instructions not to turn back? If if she had understood that it was God that was actually giving her that instruction, her oh. life would have been saved. Yeah. Then the second one is the part about you know um, um, Rahab having to negotiate. You know, and here salvation was offered to them, and. They didn't value it. They didn't value it. So, praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. Who else? Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to go back to what God said about Abraham. God said he knew Abraham. Huh. He would order his family After to, God. to serve him. And this lot was raised by Abraham. And uh, at a stage, they couldn't stay together. He had to leave. Oh. Which shows Abraham resisted, uh, sorry, Lot resisted the training Abraham gave him. At some point, yeah. Yes, and obviously, from this story, Lot and his household, even though they were living by grace, that rubbed up on them as a result of God's relationship with Abraham. Right. Lot didn't have any with God. Right. And um, he was unbeliever, if I may say. Right. Even though God, because of um, his relationship with Abraham, felt he needed to save Lot. Oh. Because um, Abraham negotiated. Oh. And, um, and that was why they saved him. Not because of him. And um, concerning the daughters... Lot obviously did not train his daughters in the way of the Lord. Not, it wasn't like Abraham. No, no. Uh, the fact that they were virgin may right. just be cultural. Right. Just be virgin. Right. It, they were not virgin because they were honoring God. Right. So there are a lot of people in the world today who are worldly, who didn't know God, who 
don't know God, they are not believers, they are virgin. Right. So that virginity has nothing to do with obeying God. So um, what I can say in all this is Lot and his wife and his household, we are unbelievers. Right. <laughs> well, in, in this sense, they were like believers, but they, are, they show us a kind of believers, irresponsible believers that just want to be floating under grace, under grace, not, not following God and learning to grow with God. You know, they, end up, they always end up like that. Yeah. Good evening. Good evening. The two things that stick out for me are with Lot's wife is right. you never know when the judgment of God is going to come down. Right. It was so instant. She had probably been doing other things in the past and hadn't received judgment. Right. But she did this one seemingly simple act and the judgment was final and instant. That's one. The second thing that stood out for me is her children. As believers, we have responsibility. We have the responsibility of training our children in the way of the Lord. The action of her children and the, and the generation that they gave birth to, the, the Moabites and the Ammonites, they became a thorn in the flesh of the children of Abraham. They became an enemy, enemies to the children of God's covenant. So it's just, it's not just, oh, this is, these are, it didn't just stop with what they did. It was, it became a problem for even the people of God. Right. And we see sometimes how believers have children who stray out of the way of God and begin to antagonize Christians and antagonize the things of God. So it's, it's, um, it is a lesson to, to consider. Praise God. Hallelujah. Huge, 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 huge. Yes. Um, I want to just uh, deduce also from what uh, Pastor Victoria said. Um, it, it, my conclusion is more around um, seed and harvest. Right. And the fact that harvest is always bigger than seed. Right. You know, um, when Lot was under Abraham, obviously, like she said, she wasn't taking, uh, he wasn't taking, caution, wasn't taking correction. Right. And it, it, I mean, Abraham probably had it up to him that he had right. to say, okay, let's part our way. So he was rebellious. Now, he thought he was going and he didn't deal with that. And the truth is that he has sown a seed of rebelling to his leader. Right. So now he had his own family. Right. Of course, that seed of rebellion had multiplied. Right. That was obviously why, why they weren't really following him and God as right. they should. And right. it just would have continued down the generation, increasing in scale if God had not terminated it there. Right. Awesome. Awesome, thank you. Um, okay, so final question. Can you see how this story is a story of like mother like daughters? Can you see who can see clearly this story is a story of like mother like like daughters? Okay, let me just help us with that. Anybody who wants to, who wants to go? Um, um who has not spoken today? I have not spoken today. Come on. Don't be shy. Okay, yes. Royally. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for the cake. Uh -huh. Royally said cakes to my house. November people are performing. <laughs> Don't be jealous. Clap for them now. <laughs> right. Praise Thank God. You. Hallelujah. 
what I can say about it, like mother, like daughter, it doesn't really follow the way it is said. Right. Because sometimes, maybe the mother is not a Christian. Right. And, you know, the mother is doing something. We are not saying it is always like mother, like daughter. No, that's not what we are saying. For me, it doesn't follow. Like yes. That. It doesn't yes. Follow. It doesn't always follow like yeah, mother, like daughter. Yeah, I agree yeah. 100%. But okay. this story, this story is the story of like mother, like, like daughter. daughter. Yeah. Tell us how. Okay, how? Because uh, Mrs. Lot, right. she's wayward. That's right. one. She doesn't obey the husband. Right. She, I, I think she's um, those kind of women that when their husband tells them, do this, they fight back, they want to do their own wish right. and their own will. Right. That is even why she even looked back. And when she now turned to the pillar of salt right. and the husband and the two daughters left and went to the small village and later went to the mountain, right. you know, because of that bad character in them, right. even though no men around, even though they are, they are not yet married, nothing to bring uh, further generations, Right. You know, if they are taking training and followed what the Bible says, it doesn't matter if it's the says. father that is alive. They won't even do what they did. Absolutely. You know? So that character is in them and is in their mom. You know? Absolutely. Okay. It's in their mom and it's in them. Thank you, Rolly. Anybody else finally? I mean, even though, um, like mother, like daughter, just go straight to the point and, you know, shoot. Yeah. Good evening. Good evening. I wish the mom, the, their mom did not look back. You wish the mom did the not mom, look back? The mom, as in their mom, Miss hey, Lord, yeah. didn't look back. She okay. didn't become the sword. The children won't do what they did to their father. Okay, that's what you think. Okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> praise the Lord. It, uh, so, the... Another hand. Okay. Just shoot straight. Thank you. Yeah. Good evening. Good evening. Um, to me, I think there was no self-discipline. The mom had no self-discipline. Right. So you can't give what you don't have. Right. If actually she had self-discipline and self-control, she would have imparted it on her children. Right. And they wouldn't have done <laughs> that thing they did to their father. That thing. Right. <laughs> okay. Thank you. And, 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 and that is, I mean, there's, a, there's value in that. In that, I mean, definitely. Um, so we see here a story of Mrs. Lot and her daughters. A story of like mother, like like daughters. That they will not have husbands is a big fat lie. You know, sometimes we tell ourselves a lie so that we can do what we want to do. We say to ourselves, "Oh, I have not taken ice cream." For the past one week. So let me enjoy ice cream now. Excuse me. What has not taken ice cream for the past one week? Got to do, got to do with you enjoying ice cream now. Why were you not taking ice cream for the past one week? I mean, it's totally different things. We tell ourselves a big lie that we play the victim card so that we, we, we say to ourselves, even God sees that this is not easy then we want to do what we want to do. I pray we learn from the daughters of Lot. Praise the name of the Lord. 
Okay, so as we wrap up today, um, it's, there are so many things from this story. If Lot doesn't drink, he would not have gotten drunk. If you don't drink, you can't get drunk. Lot offering his daughters another kettle of fish. I mean, it is, what is wrong is wrong. It shows you the kind of person Lot is. He should have gone outside to fight even if he dies than offering his daughters. Why did she become a pillar of salt? Why not a pillar of granite? Why not a pillar of a heap of sand? Why a pillar of salt? <laughs> that is also another thing for another day. But yeah, a lot of you know, um, uh, pointers to that. So I'm giving you thoughts to take home and wrestle with and research on. I have the answers, but there's no time. The children of the daughters, like Pastor Dami said, the Moabites and the Ammonites later became a thorn in the flesh of God's people. Later became a, a thorn in the flesh of God's people. And the angel was clear to them. If you look back, you will be destroyed. The angel was clear. And God is clear to you and I today. God says to you and I, to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Romans 8, 6. That's in the New Testament. God is clear to us. To be carnally minded will lead to death. But to be spiritually minded will lead to what? Life and peace. Are we better than Lot's wife? Does that explain why some Christians are spiritually dead even though they attend church five times a week? Does that show why some people cannot even grow spiritually? Is it, is it because, like Lot's wife, we are carnally minded. We mind fleshy things. And God guarantees it will lead to death. But he says when we mind spiritual things, it will lead to what? Life and peace. Jesus says to us, in case we want to just throw Lot's wife's, Mrs. Lot's story under the carpet and say that's the Old Testament. Jesus says to us in Matthew, sorry, in Luke 7, 32, they should bring it up. Jesus says, these are the words of Jesus, remember what happened to Lot's wife. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. These are the words of Jesus. If you let your life go, you will save it. If you let your life go in obedience, you will save it. If you let your life go in, in aligning with God, you will save it. But if you cling to your life in preservation, Jesus guarantees, like the angels told Lot's wife, if you look back, you'll be destroyed. Jesus is saying, it's clear to us. So what, what is it going to be? Today, I mean, that's the question you have to answer. What is it going to be? Am I just going to float around or am I going to obey Jesus? What's it going to be? I will obey Jesus. So that leads us to our commitment. I commit that I will obey God promptly and completely for the rest of my life. Fill in the blanks. If you want to do it. If you don't want to do it, say... Pass. You can pretend as if you are writing. And pass. 
Then, second commitment. As I follow God's path and lay my hands on the plow, I will not look back. I will not look back. Write it down. If you don't want to write it back, keep staring at me. I will not look back. These things I'm telling you to do, they are life-defining. Like Tutu. They said, close your eyes. They're like, I want to open my eyes. They said, write. They're like, I'm not going to write. It's the same seed of rebellion. Number three, I commit to the authority of God's word, not the authority of my logic. I commit to the authority of God's word, not the authority of my logic. And as we've made this commitment before God, God will empower us to live by them in Jesus' name. Today we have heard God's word. We have committed to act on it. How will you pass it on? Think about it. How will you pass it on? Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. Remember Lot's wife. That's what Jesus said. Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Are you struggling with the world? You are struggling with the world. The world is pulling you. You, you, you know, you, I mean, you're like, but you have come today. God has brought you here today for a purpose. And Jesus is saying to you, remember God, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. I don't know, you may be here, you, you are saying, Pastor, I, I, I've not been saved. I'm like in Sodom and Gomorrah. I need to escape the impending judgment. I'm like in the little cities around Sodom and Gomorrah. Pastor, can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. I'm living in sin. It may not be homosexuality, it may be, it may not be, but I need mercy. I need God's grace today. That is me. Pray with me, Pastor. Wherever you are seated, you don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, put up your hand now over your head and I'll pray with you. Pray with me. My location is similar to Sodom and Gomorrah. Pray with me. If I put up your hand, put up your hand well. The instructions are scrolling if you're, if you're online. Oh, Father, we honor you. Lord, we give you praise and glory, Lord. We thank you for your word. The grace to be doers of your word, not errors alone, deceiving our own selves, given unto us. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Oh.
Sente, 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 sente,